Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. Alex Sheridan on the RiderFlex podcast. Good morning, Alex. How are you, sir? Good morning. Doing amazing. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. You in Chicago? Uh, Chicago suburbs. Yeah, western suburbs. Yep. Okay, very good. Love what you guys are doing at Impacts. I want to get into that and and talk about it for sure. But um, before we do that, give me the give me the Alex story. I need to know mom, dad, siblings, where you grew up. Give me some personal stuff if you don't mind. Yeah, so I, I you know was born in Joliet, which is a southern suburb of Chicago. My dad was in the state police his whole career. So okay. around four or five, we moved down to Springfield, which is the capital of Illinois. Most people think it's Chicago, but it's not. Yeah. And um, I really grew up down in Springfield. I have an older brother who kind of followed my dad's path, went into the, uh, not the state police, but he went into the Air Force. Okay. And um, and so he's been doing that the last uh, 20 years or so. Okay. And uh, my mom worked at a bank, had different jobs, took care of us, the kids, that kind of stuff. And um, I kind of blazed my own path. I wanted to get into business and speak in front of millions of people. And I didn't really know what that was going to look like or what the career path was going to be exactly. But uh, ended up going through corporate and sales and uh, doing a you know a few different jobs before I finally figured out my true passion, which was entrepreneurship and video content. What kind of kid were you? G- good kid, straight A student, rebel, always in trouble. Oh where, man, where, 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 where were you in there? No, I was definitely definitely a rebel. I mean, I, I went to three different high schools. I was I was in a lot of trouble, um, honestly, and you know. I mean, you know, one semester I had straight Fs. Like, I school was not good for me. It was like not suited well for me and my personality and my gifts. Right, like, I was in like math class, wanting to like write raps and like tell stories. And, <laughs> like, I always had that creativity and that kind of creative spirit to me. Yeah. And so, when you yeah. put someone like that into a school system that is very rigid and like in a box, and they want you to do X, Y, and Z to get X, Y, and Z results. For me, that didn't allow me to unleash my creative. And so I was a handful. I was a handful. I'd say from 14 to, to 18. And then after that, I was fine. I cleaned up my stuff and got my stuff together and um, decided there was much more for me to life than getting in trouble and failing out of school. And so how about uh, how about uh, how about drugs, alcohol, arrests, warrants? I mean, anything, anything interesting, fun? Uh, name it. You name it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I would nothing crazy hardcore, but you know, I think I was like every high school teenager kid experimented uh, with, you know, smoking weed and drinking and partying and getting in trouble and that kind of stuff, getting kicked out of school, like just stupid stuff. Um, but you know, dead. I look back and I kind of know why a lot of that transpired, and I kind of also feel like it gave me a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. And it gave me kind of some of the things that I think leveraged me and, and helped me get to the next point in my, in my life. So was, I'm, was, I, was some of it because your dad was, was, a, was in law enforcement and probably like a straight arrow guy and you, are no, we pushing? no, 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 no. I, I would say, as I honestly look back on it now, I would say that I was a very, I, I still am a very relationship, emotional type person. So like if I'm okay. working with people, especially my team and like people closest to me, like I want to have really close relationships. Relationships are important to me. All the social stuff's great, but it just, for me, it just amplifies and allows you to create more real opportunities mm-hmm. in real life. So and so for me, I was dad. that way. My dad was very like, I, you know, I, I do, I do, I work full time. I bring home the paycheck. And it was just very an old school type family, right? Mm, so it's like mm, we didn't have mm, a lot of like mm. relationship building moments, one-on-one <laughs> moments. And so, and kind of the same with my mom, even though she was a great mom and took care of us and stuff. You know, I think there were some things that were missing from what I needed. Mm, and my I brother see. was the opposite. He didn't really need any of that. He was kind of like more like my dad. And so I think that what I needed and what I was getting, there was a clash there. I see. And then there was, of course, influence from friends and going through school and, you know, listening to music and like, you know, just being a kid and experimenting and being a rebel and that kind of stuff. So it's a combination of things. 
Okay, very good. So your dad was pretty uh, old school. Not a lot of hugs and kisses and emotional well, moments. I mean, I, no, I would say that he, he would give you hugs and, and kisses and he would showcase that he loved you. But there was no like I what I would have loved to have is that, you know, we did things together. We had memories together that we went and mm-hmm. saw a game together or went and go. You know, if I was in practice or doing football, whatever it is that he would spend, you know, a good amount of time with me trying to help me like build those skills and have fun in the process. And so mm-hmm. I think like, again, I, I when I look back on it, I don't like to like, oh, I wish they would have done this. I wish they would have done this. Yeah. Yeah. I just take it and I learn from it and I try yeah. to implement it with my own kids now. I have two daughters now. Okay. But, okay, but so, I, two, I'm, so, all right, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just say if I'm, but if I'm being honest, those were the, those are the things that I feel like probably led me to be a little bit more like rebellious and want to seek attention from other places. Cause I don't think I was quite getting what I needed um, okay. from them in that moment, yeah. but also recognizing yeah. that they were doing their best in that moment. And so mm-hmm. you, you got to kind of see it both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Understood. So married with two kids, two daughters? No, no marriage. No marriage. Oh, it's yeah, two Uh-oh. daughters. Uh, actually, well, soon to be nine and then six. So, nine and six. Uh, so there's a well, never got married or there was a divorce in there. A little separation. Yeah, we got there? divorced. Yep. Uh, yeah, we got is, divorced. Ooh, that is that is tough, bro. Two two little girls with with uh, a single dad. So you what do you got them half time? What what's what's the no, story? Man, it's a blessing, man. Like, so me and their mom got to, you know, we, we got together in our twenties. Right. And okay. so we were yeah. young and I didn't know what the heck I wanted in a lifelong partner yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like we were yeah. both coming out of relationships. It was a crazy time for us and she's a great person. We still have a great relationship okay. and everything's very positive. So, but we realized that like at a certain point, our visions in life and who we are and what we want to become and where we want to go, they just weren't aligned. And so like rather than spend the rest, which I see happening with so many couples and marriages, Mm -hmm. rather than spending the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years together and being miserable and our kids Mm -hmm. seeing that too, it it just made more sense to say, how do we make this work as friends versus romantic partners? And now Mm -hmm. we have the kids 50, 50. So we still get to see them. I feel like I've become a better father, you know, through this whole experience. It's made me reflect a lot. And so I, I don't look at it as a negative thing, man, at all. Truly. Okay. Okay. Very good. Uh, no girlfriend then, no no new relationships, or you just playing nothing the field? right now. No, I'm you know I'm focused on two core things right now. Like one is growing two businesses, um, one being Impacts, one being another business that we I just co-founded recently, okay. and then my kids. You know, and and obviously wow. there's you know friends or relationships within that, and we, of course I have fun and things like that. But I'm just really focused on family and then the business. Okay, what and about hobby? What about hobbies outside of outside of being an entrepreneur, which is really full time job? Anything else? What do you what do you do? Or there's uh, any hobbies in there that I want to know about? Something cool, interesting? Not really, man. My hobby yeah. is like making videos. <laughs> like, okay, okay. You know, that's like yeah. like I got into the thing that I truly love that I would have done mm-hmm. even if I wasn't getting paid for it. So I feel super very grateful for that. But no, I really don't have any hobby. I mean, I occasionally no. like watching movies and shows and things like that because I respect the art of crafting a script and acting that out and bringing a story to life for me when i watch movies and films it's like i'm studying it because i'm watching how i can take a movie or a tv show Mm -hmm. and and apply those principles to your content and -hmm. i think that's what most people think about they they forget this in their content that's so educational so here's one tip to do this here's a strategy to do this here's this but I'm looking at TV shows and movies like, how are they telling a story? And uh, ooh, how, they just made me feel a certain yeah, way. Yeah. Or when that person said this in a certain uh, way or a certain format, mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. it resonated more with me. Why was that? And so mm-hmm. for me, it's really fun to watch those types of things. Now, I watch YouTube, some of the YouTube followers uh, that I have or some of the people I follow because I'm a podcaster and because we have a YouTube channel. I know what it takes, right? Especially some of these, uh, I'm a big a Jeep outdoor guy uh, for, yeah. cause I live in, I live in Colorado and uh, I see some of these overlanding guys make these videos and I know how much time that takes, you know, with the drone shot and okay, I'm totally. going to get out of my, I'm going to get out of my Jeep. I'm going to walk up 200 yards. I'm going to put the camera on the ground and I'm going to drive past it. I'm going to get out of my Jeep. I'm going to go back and yep. get it. I mean, no, that stuff takes work, man. I, I'm, I'm like you, I, I look at it differently when i'm when i'm watching it now i I, i'm thinking oof, wow how did he get that shot that must have taken two hours or whatever so yeah you you see it from a creator's mind right you see it from the creator standpoint versus if you've just been in the audience in the same way i would say in sports if you've been in the boxing ring and if you box the people and put on headgear and gloves and punched people and gotten punched you see the boxing game different than someone who's just watching that's never been in the ring 
Cause you yes. know what it's like to be in there and to be moving around, you know, trying to avoid shots and also to, you know, putting no shots doubt. back at people. So yeah, it's a different no perspective. Doubt. No doubt. Did you barely get into school then and into college? Did you, did you uh, have the, gra- I guess you had the grades to get in, but was it close? Well, I was a super senior. So I graduated late from high school because okay. after bouncing around at three different high schools. Okay. And then my dad was like, you know, you're like our school is kind of old or our family is kind of old school. Where it's like you either get a full-time job or you go to college, but there's no like in between. It's like get a full-time job and, and get out or go to college. You can't so work it. You can't, you can't work at Arby's and live at home. Part live, work exactly. at Arby's part-time. Which, live you know home. what? Yeah. I'm, I like that. I'm grateful for that because I think too many kids nowadays are like living, they're 35 and living in their parents' basement, working yes. full time. And it's yes. like, what are, you, what are you doing? Right. Like you need a little, you need a little push, a little challenge, right? Like you're not going to sit downstairs with your eighth place trophies and just milk mommy and daddy. You know what I mean? So, so anyways, so like, yeah, so, so true, right? They got the, they got the eighth place trophy right here. And then they're sitting on a beanbag at the age of 29 playing PlayStation and we're yeah. working, working part-time at, at, yeah, at Burger King thinking mom's going to make dinner. It's like, come on, yes. bro. Like, let's go. Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. So, so I, to answer your question, no, I, so after high school, I, I got a full-time job for a couple months and I was like, man, this is not for me. Like it, okay. I was just like doing a job. I hated. So I was like, let me go to college, you know, cause I never really applied myself in school. Okay. So then I went to community college and they were like, Oh my God, you're so far behind. Like if you haven't even taken like a basic algebra class, and I was like, yeah, it's probably because I was writing raps during the class, you know, but so I had to take basic classes. And then I went to Eastern Illinois in, uh, okay. uh, in Illinois, Eastern okay. university. And then I graduated there and then moved up here after school. You majored in communications. Same as me, my friend. Yeah, corporate uh, communications, which I think yeah. taught me absolutely nothing for four years. <laughs> Other than um, people skills, soft skills, people skills, you know, you know what maybe. You, think? I, you know, I would say this, like I was in sales for five years while I was mm-hmm. in college, community college mm-hmm. and at mm-hmm. Eastern. Mm-hmm. That sales job taught me more. And it was a commission based sales job at Sears. You remember? Oh, Sears, okay. when that was, I, yeah. yeah. It wow. was like maybe a few years wow. before it really started going poof, downhill. Well, like and appliances, so, where were you at? What department appliances, were you at? Well, I started uh-huh. off in, right. in the receiving. I was in the okay. back. And I what right. I noticed was that my favorite part of the job was interacting with customers as I was I packing their things okay. in the cars. Okay. We would have okay. conversations. It would go really well. And I was like, you know, I think I can do the sales thing. So I went out to the floor and I said, hey, I, I went to my, the office manager and I, or right. the store manager. And I said, hey, I want to try this sales thing, I think. And he goes, can you sell? Can you produce? Can you put up numbers? And I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> so I started oh, off in, in yeah. um, one in garden in fitness and I quickly became the number one rep. And I, I was in college, you know, 20 year old or 20, I was probably 21, 22. And I was making my own schedules because I was performing mm. so well. It's like, whatever you nice. want to work, you let me know whatever days nice. you want off, you let me know. Nice. And then I moved to appliances, which is a hundred percent commission. And I learned more of that than four years in the university because I learned what it was like to try to go mm. present to somebody yes. and then get rejected, what <laughs> it was like to try to overcome objections yes. to kind of create content, not on social media, but content to present to a buyer, right? right? To understand right. their insights and their needs and their challenges and their desires. And why do they want this versus that? What research did they do coming into the store that I needed to kind of uncover and figure out where they were at mentally before I started to talk about potential options? Mm. So I think great- a lot, in a lot of ways, yeah. the content game, is very similar where it's like you need the yes. insights you want the data you want to know how they're thinking and then you've got to overcome some challenges objections in the content by presenting things that they're struggling with and so there's a lot of parallels there but yeah my sales job in college taught me more than my four-year college <laughs> two great no, two great no tips there two great tips for the listeners i just want to emphasize right there when alex said hey i i left the back room and i went out and talked to a manager and said i want to be in sales you know I think every promotion I ever got in my career, I asked somebody for, I went after it. I, they didn't tap me on the shoulder. I, I grabbed it. I went for it. I went and talked to somebody, you know, I think that's super critical and a great tip for the listeners. You, you really have to ask for what you want. And then the other thing, yes. uh, you know, you mentioned was learning the, uh, learning how to overcome rejection. I'll tell you what, you work a full, you work a, if you've worked a full commission job and you've been successful you have a a very uh high uh, likelihood of being a good entrepreneur because you'll you'll be used to the ups and downs the cash the lumpy cash flow the the rejection and all of it right i i look for that a lot when i and when i'm hiring people for a small startup company anybody that's worked 100 commission there's a grit to them 
that I that I really like. So yeah, I'm sure it taught you a ton. So yeah, how yeah, did you so get it? How did you how did you move into somehow you got into sales or maybe it's recruiting or both for Aerotech? How did that happen? Well, so after college, I was you know my vision at that time when I graduated college was like I'm going to be the CEO of a company. Okay, you know, great. like I didn't know Love what it. it would look like or like, you know, I had a sales background. I was good with people. I was a good communicator. I took a speech class in college that changed my life. I got in front. I remember this so vividly. Like I, I got in front of the of the class, which it was a small speech class at night. It was a community college. Okay. Okay. There's 12 to 15 people there. And I remember getting on the, this mini stage and, and talking. And I remember just thinking, I mean, this is, this is where I belong. Like I'm going to speak in front of millions of people one day. Love it. And Love I remember it. literally I got in my car and I, I was on highway 57 driving back to my apartment in college when I was in college. And I remember listening to a song that was on the radio. It's an Alicia Keys song. I just remember like exactly the, the moment and everything. And I remember thinking I'm, I had this vision where I was like on stage speaking to millions of people. And I was like, this is my calling. Like, I don't know what this is going to look like. This is before LinkedIn had content. This is before TikTok. This is before Instagram. This is before all that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, Facebook yes. was just for college kids at this point. Yes, so yes. social media was really nothing. But I just had this vision of like, I'm going to speak to millions of people one day. And so it's crazy earlier, like a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at my LinkedIn stats and I'm like, I've spoke to 3.6 million people just on LinkedIn this year so far. Oh, and so oh, it's like 20 and 20, by the way, 29,000 followers, which is also impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to see that vision, even though you may not have everything figured out, you probably don't have everything figured out in terms of how you're going to get there. But if you just have a vision on where you want to go and why, and it feels right and it connects with you emotionally and in your heart and your mind, your mm -hmm. body, your spirit, then you've got to pursue that because you'll figure out the how stuff along the way. But that's, that's how it started for me. Well, you got in that speech class, but then what happened? Were you, were you like, okay, I'm going to be in sales. I want to talk to people. I want to, and then what? Yeah. The arrow, so, like, how how did you land that thing? Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, so once I got uh, out of, well, I graduated Eastern, and then I went up to uh, Chicago area for job opportunities, right? Because down in Springfield, where I was raised, there's not much business opportunities okay. there. It's okay. like government right. jobs and other stuff. So I went up to um, St. Charles, where I'm at now, and just found jobs. I was just working. I worked for Honda Finance for um, a couple of years doing collections, which is more like a sales job. Then I got promoted to do customer service, found okay. out that customer service and that kind of stuff was just not my thing. Like I wanted a high right. performance type job. Right. So I got another couple sales jobs. It was okay, but I didn't see a lot of opportunity. And then finally I landed the job at Aerotech, which was now, they're called Act Talent now. But that was where the first place when I walked in and I was like, man, I saw other people that were successful, that were making six figures, that we're, we're hitting contests and getting trips to Cancun. I saw the company stock options. I saw people having fun. I saw training. I saw development. And I was like, this is where I'm going to plant some roots mm. and really build skills and hopefully build okay. a career. And okay. I was there for six years and I learned a ton, met a lot of great people and uh, just had a great experience there. But then at that point, it was it was time for me to go to the next level. Because the entrepreneurial bug was in there. The whole I'm going to do my own thing had been living in there for a long time, right? So, totally, man. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like when I was in my corporate job, the Aerotech company for six years, I was writing. I wrote a sales book. Like I wrote sales training manuals. Like I was like dabbling video in video content way back okay. then on YouTube, yeah. like sending my customers and prospects videos. So like I was showing tendencies that you could have looked at me and said, that guy's probably, if there's one person in the office, that's going to be an entrepreneur. Like it's probably going to be that guy. <laughs> we, okay. And then tell me how you kind of uh, formulated impacts. And by the way, for the listeners, it's impacts, P-A-X-S. Yeah, uh, I want to make sure we get the URL out there. It's impacts.com, impacts, P-A-X-S. Tell me how you drew it up. How'd you formulate it and how you got started? Walk us into that. You know, it's interesting. My business origin story is uh, is probably unique. Like I, Because okay. when I first started a business, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted it to be. I just okay. knew like I wanted to put myself out there and go for this whole entrepreneurship thing. And yeah. I thought at the time that my, I was like, what, what skills do I have and what value can I provide to other people to charge them money for? And at the time it was sales. Like I was good at sales. Yes. I was training yes. other sales reps. I had done some mm -hmm. corporate training. Mm -hmm. I had hit a couple contests. I was successful. So I was like, I can take my sales knowledge and training and I can package it up and create systems and processes and strategies for other companies, small to medium sized okay. companies. Okay. And I can sell that as a service. Right. And I went to the marketplace with that and I started posting content on LinkedIn. And the reason I named the company Impacts was before I even knew what the hell I was going to do, I just knew that the core 
at everything that we do at our core, I wanted to make a positive impact on the customers and the future employees that we have, which we now and, have a team of yeah. 17 people. So it's like, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And we had our team uh, Christmas party, a virtual Christmas party yesterday. And like, <laughs> I, we got to talk about the different impacts that we've all made on each other. And it was like, it was fun. We laughed, we cried. Like it was just really, really cool. But I wanted the impacts to be at the core of it. So I get on LinkedIn and I start creating content around sales and, and leadership and that kind of stuff. And by I yourself, like, by, by yourself, yeah. you're just, you're, you're yep. pitching your I'm own myself. services. I'm making videos. It, I'm, yep. Yeah. What's that? Okay. Was it, was it, um, impacts when you first started or you had to rebrand or you started that way with impact? No, I just, I, it's been impacts since day one. Okay. I've changed okay. logos and that kind of stuff, but okay. yeah. So I started creating video content. I was doing all my own editing and all that type of stuff. And what I noticed was that by putting out video content on LinkedIn, this is back in late 2019, is that potential customers were coming to me and they were right. DMing me and messaging me and saying, Hey, I saw your video on X, Y, and Z. I'd love to learn more about that. Or how did you create that video that you were yes. doing? Or, Hey, yeah, how are you using great. LinkedIn the way you're yeah. using to attract customers? And I was like, wait a second. And the light bulb went off and I was like, mm. I don't, I love this stuff. I love the video, the content creation stuff. And I'm like, and it seems to be working. Why don't I just take the business and not, not to the sales stuff that I wasn't super excited about anyways. Why don't I transition it to the content stuff and the social selling stuff? And that's how it ended up the, the modern day kind of business. I see. And isn't that interesting how so many of us as entrepreneurs pivot a little bit, you know, you, you start one way and then something happens, a door opens, you go through it and all of a sudden you're down a different path, but you're pivoting towards revenue and towards the demand. Right. And then, and, and you're, you're supplying to the demand and that's exactly what you did. Uh, did you start taking a few clients while you were at Aerotech? So you were, you were trying to, you know, maintain your cash flow there personally walk us the it, the listeners for the rider flex podcast are always curious about okay financially because so, a lot of people have ideas a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs but they're scared right about the finance piece like okay well i have a mortgage i have kids i have this regular job how the hell am i supposed to do that financially and as you already know most people in america have less than ten thousand dollars in the bank so they're like okay how, how the hell do i do this how'd you do it what what did you little nice weekends how'd you cash flow it yeah. I mean, my whole goal, like when I started my business was I'm going to replace my corporate income and then be able to quit. Okay. And I thought it was going to be 2021 and it ended up happening in 2022 of July. Yeah. So like for me, what I did was I won my first customer in February, 2020. That's the new business where I was training people okay. on how to create videos, content, right. win customers. On you're LinkedIn. actually invoicing, you're actually invoicing a real customer. A real customer. Yeah. And I'm working my full-time job. This is like right before COVID, right? I'm downtown right. Chicago. Right, I remember cool. exactly where I was and how it felt to win my first customer for a couple hundred that's bucks, great. right? That's great. And then, and then, so that's February, 2020. And then July, 2020, I'm making more money in the side hustle business than I am in my full-time business. And that I quit is, that is so the full-time awesome. job. And then I get into hundred percent entrepreneurship and was able to leave that, that job in the past. So how did I would that say, feel? Oh, well, I mean, amazing. You know, I, to, for me, it was like 90% excitement and pumped about what I just did and what we were going to do. And then 10% of like, you know, a little bit of unknown here. And like, I just felt like I, you know, been with the company six years, putting a lot of time and effort into yeah, them. Right. Yeah. About telling them, yeah. but I'd yeah. say 90% of it was just like, man, I was so certain with what I was going to do and the value I could provide. And I just knew that if I got hundred percent time to do this, that I was going to explode it. And, uh, so, you know, I would say to anyone listening, like, and I have two daughters, obviously, like you said, so I had to be responsible. I'm not like living in my parents' basement being like, Oh, I'll just quit my job. And then like, you know, go do my full-time entrepreneurship. If you can do that, great, go do it. Right. But for me, I had to build up the income as I was yes, working yes, my full-time yes, job. Yes, yes. And for a while, it's crazy. You're working, you know, in the more early morning to late in the, late in the night, you know, hours. And then you're working every single weekend. If I wasn't hanging with my kids, I was in my business. And so like, mm -hmm. I think it just takes a ridiculous amount of sacrifice and the pace at which you do it depends on how much time and how much sacrifice you want to give. Cause yes. I did it in six months. It may take most people 12 or 24 or three years, Yes, but you could pace it out. So I would say I'm more of like, when I get into something, I get obsessed and I'm like, I'm in it and I go crazy with it. But, but if you're not like that, that's okay. You may be at a different pace or a different journey. So I think understanding that as well as is, is important. Where were you? personally during this time where you married when you made the when you quit your job and you started impacts were you married were you going through the divorce well I'm, I'm curious what was happening in your personal life during that time so i was already moved out like and this is 
uh, September 2019, I moved out of our condo, but we had been going through kind of the divorce process for almost a year at that point. So I was oh, well God. single dad at that point and then moved out September 2019. And um, it was a tough time. I mean, I moved into a yes. small one bedroom apartment. I slept on a mattress on the floor and my girl slept at the, the trundle bed up top. And oh, it was like, I mean, literally the beds covered our entire one room that we had. Like, it was like, you laid the beds out and that was it. But at the same time, man, we had so many amazing memories from, from that. I remember like them, yeah. you know, rolling over on their bed to mine in the morning and like, yeah. we're just having, so we had so much five, nothing but great things to say about that little one bedroom apartment. That's where I built the business. That's where I quit my full-time job to pursue my dream. That's where we had so many amazing memories with my kids. That's where I you know, found like who I really am and who I want to become. And I, I went on my own personal journey. And so like, I look every time we pass that art, that place is like literally probably one mile walk from where I'm at now today. Wow, really? Um, we have a you know, nice cool. place. They have their own room. And so every time we go by our old place, we always wave to it and we're like, Hey, old <laughs> memories. Thank you. Like there's just so much gratitude and happiness for that place. Cause I think, and you would probably say the same thing, Steve, like any any place you're at in your journey of life, there's always going to be pros and there's going to be cons and challenges sure. and all that stuff. And yeah. I think when you look back on things, man, even though even when you were going through challenging times, sometimes those are the best times. Yeah. If you just appreciate things. And then when you do start to accumulate more things and you can have a nicer house or you can have more, more comfortability to be able to travel or do things with the kids, you really appreciate it because you yes. know it is not have oh. that. No doubt about it. Listen to that, folks. Alex sleeping on a mattress on the floor, no furniture, no pictures on the wall, uh, working <laughs> to trying, trying to be a part-time dad, working two jobs, full-time job, trying to get his other business going. Yeah, man. I mean, that talk about grit and determination, but there is an excitement about it. Right. Uh, by the way, just FYI, we share that, uh, I did the whole uh, mattress on the floor when my first wife left, uh, and, and I was not in a, a tiny apartment i was in a little crappy trailer house uh with a mattress on the floor and the uh, same thing yeah same thing i was i wasn't starting my business at that time but uh i lived the uh toddlers next to me on the floor on a mattress so been there bro <laughs> yeah, yeah you, know, man. <laughs> you know been there um okay very good so tell us give us the elevator pitch for impacts as it stands today for the listeners give us the, the nice company overview and you know it's impacts with paxs.com. Give us the overview if you don't mind, Alex. Go for it. So we, we help small to medium-sized companies take their video content and turn it into a 24-7 sales rep for their business. Meaning we take your video content and we help you create videos that convert to customers and build a brand in high demand for your company. Mm -hmm. So that really is two parts, like to keep it short and sweet. The first part is the strategy, right? You got to have the right game plan, the strategy. You have to know where you're going to create content, how you're going to create it, how you're going to make sure that you create it so that it converts. How are you going to numbers? What's your workflow like? Who would you need to hire and piece together to do this the right way and stay consistent? That's one part. And that's where I'm heavily involved. The second part is we have a team full of video editors and social media managers that we find, we attract, we hire, we onboard, we spend months training with them. We've got a trillion SOPs and training and videos that they go through nice. to get to a place where when a company, after going through the strategic piece with me, they're saying, all right, great. Now we know the plan. We know where we're going. We know the vision. We know our goals. Now we need to get there. And who do we need to get there? Well, we need content creators, which is typically the companies to a certain degree. You got to be willing to get on video and share your perspective, share your yep. voice, that kind of stuff. But then typically you'll need video editors, post-production. You potentially might need a social media manager. And so mm -hmm. that's where our team comes in. And we've got the people where you just plug and play on demand. They come into your company and they basically become a full-time employee for you, but they're managed and, and, and performance evaluated by us daily. Small to medium size, any particular industries you're targeting at all? Um, you know, you... Tech companies have been great for us. Startups have been great, whether it's raising money. We've helped companies raise millions of dollars. Um, we've helped them win key customers from $100,000 deals to million-dollar deals. Okay. Um, but I would say small to medium-sized companies. So typically within the – if you're at least doing a couple million to 50 million a year, okay. 100, 100 a million a year, that would be a good sweet spot for us. Okay. small enough to where like they can make key decisions pretty quickly. Like mm -hmm. it's not, you know, multi-billion dollar companies where they've got to go through all this red tape and the, the mm -hmm. owners, you know, mm -hmm. um, but you know, not, not small enough to where they couldn't afford our services from a monthly budget standpoint too. And is it, um, 
is it if I'm doing raw video, like, okay, well, let's take my own company, Riderflex, uh, my recruiting firm. If yep. I'm doing a, if I'm doing a uh, job interview tip of the day recording and I'm yep. recording it on my phone, or even if I'm recording it in my studio, am I sending your team the rough draft and then you're, you're, you're doing production on it and you're uh, posting it and, and launching it in all the right places for me? Is that what happens? We definitely could do that and do do that for some clients. That would that would mean that you have a video editor that's dedicated to you that either is doing 20 hours a week part time for you or they're a full time 40 hour a week video editor for you, depending okay. on how much videos you have. Right. And how much you're willing to post on social media and where you're posting them. But let's just say you have a part time or a full time video editor. They're doing all the video production, post production, that kind of stuff. Right. Thumbnails, design, all that stuff. Then you would have a social media manager that is managing, you know, a key few uh, social media accounts. It could be LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and they're making sure that the copy is good, that the hashtags are there. It's being scheduled and posted, potentially doing some community management, engagement, things like that. They may take a long form video. So like a, a big challenge that a lot of people have is like, I got so much long form video. What do I do with it? How do I break it down into short form video clips that I can mm -hmm. post on LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram? And to do that, you need a, you need somebody to go out and curate the content, which means they're going through and they're timestamping what clips would be applicable and would resonate with your audience and perform in the social media channel feeds. And so that's what a social media manager would do as part of their job too. Are they SEO experts when it comes to the verbiage that they're putting in the post? Is that part of their job is to, is to not, not just do the production and launch it for you, but put all the right hashtags and words in there yep. to drive traffic back to your website? Exactly. You know, the, the copy should do two things. Like if you're thinking about a LinkedIn post, a TikTok post or Instagram, anywhere, I mean, even YouTube, you know, the, the titles, the copy, the first sentence that you put in there should attract an audience member, your potential mm -hmm. customer by what you say, mm -hmm. just like a video, first couple seconds, it needs to appeal to the audience and, and hook them in. So that's what copy would do. And then just tell a nice story on what the post is about, the message. And then the second piece is, yeah, making sure that you've got keywords in there and hashtags that are applicable from an SEO standpoint, because we know what's happening with definitely with YouTube for what's been happening for a long time is that people search YouTube like they would Google. But now with the TikTokification of the world where people are searching in TikTok now by hashtags, trying to find, you know, how to make a video on this or how to do a recipe on this, right? People, how to start a podcast and people are Googling almost like that on TikTok. And so knowing how to incorporate SEO in places like TikTok is really key too. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> and what is it a, uh, by the month, by the video, what's the business model look like for you? How do you make money and how does the, uh, you know, your customer pay? It's a monthly subscription. So once you sign up, you either basically select a, a full-time or a part-time video editor that again, we train, we onboard, we performance manage, but they're going to be working with you almost like an extension of your business, another employee, right. although they're managed right. and paid for by us. So you'd select that. And then I come with the co consulting and coaching regardless. So you've got that from me, right? And then the second thing is you would either decide, do we need a social media manager or do we have someone in-house that can manage the day-to-day -day social mm -hmm. platforms, content, that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. so once you sign up for those, it's a monthly reoccurring payment. Um, that comes in, it's auto debited. So unless we turn it off or pause it or shut it down, which you can, it's on demand. Um, but assuming you don't, it just continues to go on. We, again, we, we manage and track performance on a weekly basis. So every week our customers get a performance email from us that says, here are your analytics, here are your numbers. And then mm -hmm. I follow that up with, here's what I think we could do better to increase performance. Mm -hmm. Month to month. I can turn it off anytime I want. Yeah. No setup fee, no like, okay, initial nope. $5,000 set. No, no. Nothing, man. Okay. And is it, are you in this, you know, I get these sales pitches all the time. Like people are always like, oh, I can get you so many more leads, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I get this shit all the time. And, I, you know, are is this one of those deals where it's going to take me six months before we see any traction because SEO takes that long? When am I going to see results? Well, it's not really SEO. I mean, so, I mean, you know, we use captions and hashtags and that kind of stuff for SEO. 
But really, it's it's how do we create content in the social media feeds that people want to consume and are attracted to so that it gets boosted out to more people on social and then have a good path to conversion that once they see the content, they go to your profile, they see testimonials, they see uh, clear information about what you do, the website, whatever it is, and then they book a call with you. So mm. is it going to happen after two videos if you're starting from ground zero? Of course not, right? So I would say that I've I've had literally I have customer testimonials on my on my LinkedIn page right now where we've had customers that won six-figure deals in 90 days or less. So it definitely can happen fast, but I'm not the type of person that's going to say, Hey, after your seventh video, you're going to start winning 10 customers every month. You know, there's the, you're building a brand with content. And so it should be looked at as like the first couple months, what's the feedback that we're getting? What is the qualitative feedback? What are people saying in the comments? Are the right people commenting on our content? You know, are the numbers trending up over a period of three months, right? If not, why, what do we need to do differently? Right? So that's why we analyze the performance every week. And so that's what I'd say from uh, the content standpoint. But on the flip side, I also provide social selling training, LinkedIn sales navigator training. So if you're like, hey, Alex, I want results now on LinkedIn, I'd be like, cool, then we're going to go do social selling. We're going to engage with prospects, find them. We're going to search, engage, connect with them, and then send them personalized video DMs so we can start booking meetings ASAP. And then what we're going to do with our content is we're going to, as we start messaging and connecting and engaging with them, that's going to draw those people in our LinkedIn feeds, which is mm -hmm. great. So now when we post content, <clears throat> now when they post content, we're more likely to see it. So what uh, we're doing is we're actually yeah. training the LinkedIn algorithm. You have to learn how to train the LinkedIn algorithm and that's how you do it. And then also as we're training the LinkedIn algorithm and getting those people intermingled, intermingled and interlocked with our feeds, well, now we're able to speak to them. We're able to go out and reach them through video DMs, which is more personalized and one-to-one. -one, and now we can start setting up qualified meetings. So while we're waiting for the content to build, the brand to build, those types of things that need that snowball effect that need to compound over time, we're also on the side, and it could be a sales team, it could be the business owner, whoever's doing it, they're able to go out and actually and surgically go through LinkedIn very tactically, find mm. the key customers that you'd want to do business with and start sending them personalized video DMs to book calls with them in the short term. Does it help you if you bring on a customer like RiderFlex that has a shit ton of content already from the past that you can go back and grab and repurpose? Does that help? It does. It does. So like and the reason it does is your question was, you know, if you have content already, does it help yeah. kind of fuel the fire? And absolutely it does because we can do a couple of things. One, we can go back and look at past performance mm. and we can say, what has worked for you guys in the last mm. six months? Mm -hmm. Chances mm -hmm. are, if I look at the analytics, which I would do week mm -hmm. one, I can mm -hmm. find trends and, and spot things that maybe you guys aren't looking at right now that we said, hey, let's triple down on this. Let's double down on this. Hey, this isn't working. Let's scrap that and do something else instead, right? So it gives us like a better, it gives us a test subject or a test period where we can look at and say, all right, what's hitting and what's not. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we look at the content and we're like, it's not the right content, right? So we need to revamp and, and redo things altogether. But it gives us something to start with. Now, the repurposing thing, I would say that most people, you know, are sitting around and they have all this long form content and they want to break it down into short form videos that they can post on social media. Mm -hmm. While that's a good strategy, most people are like, hey, here's an hour Zoom call. Like, what can you do with it? Here's an hour video webinar. What can you do with it? And it's mm -hmm. like to, to get really good short form content from long form videos you have to be intentional coming in to the conversation or the meeting or the call or the webinar or whatever it is. You got to plan for those kind of micro moments that and, and break down one big subject into yes, micro yes. subjects so you can get better short form video content. And then you need someone on the back end and have a process where you can basically take the raw long form videos and you can throw that in a system or a workflow and out the other side comes short form, potentially vertical videos that you can post on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, wherever you are. So you need the intentionality and the intention of coming into it with that mindset. And then you need the workflow and the processes on the back end to be able to just literally pump out long form video. And then on the other side comes out the short form. Okay, very good. I, let me ask you this. I have not seen, and as it's going to sound like I'm bragging, but uh, our, our company, RiderFlex, a recruiting firm, we put out a shit ton of content. I mean, we're doing two podcast interviews a week. We're doing two um, podcast daily tips uh, a week. There's over 300 interviews on YouTube, long form. There's over 700 uh, short clips that are like a minute or two long on YouTube. And, and also we use Anchor to spit it out to the audio, Spotify and yep. all that. Yep. 
Um, we post on LinkedIn and Facebook and all the social media channels twice a day with all kinds of stuff. I mean, if you looked at any recruiting firm probably in the country, but let's just use Colorado since this is where we're based. Nobody is putting out the content that we're putting out. And we're, we work very hard on it. It takes a lot of time, as you know. Um, but I don't think we know what we're doing as it relates to um, the verbiage, the words, the hashtags, the timing. Uh, yep. you, you mentioned being purposeful, even in a long-form interview, to make sure you get some good, uh, some good little clips in there, some highlight moments. And so, so often I talk to my co-founder and I'm like, damn, Scott, we are spending a lot of time on content. And we have built a company. We, we, you know, the, the, our firm, and I say this on the podcast all the time, so it's public knowledge. We're, we're about a $2.5 million firm. But a lot of that two and a half million uh, revenue is, you know, us dialing for do dollars, not, you know, incoming inbound. I would like to see more inbound instead of constant hunting. And I keep thinking that right. our, con our content's going to drive more inbound. So we're throwing the uh, fishing line in the water a ton, but I, we're not getting a lot of inbound bites. And so when I saw when Kim pings you and, and said, hey, come on the Rider Fox podcast, I'm like, man, I want to talk to that guy because I we're putting out a lot of pie, a lot of content and I want it to, to show more results. Um, anyway, I guess I'm just ranting for a minute. No, I got it. I mean, but, I, here's what I would say to that. Like if you're wondering, like uh, if your content's not performing and you're wondering, where do I look? How do I fix the, yeah. the leak? Full in the yeah. bucket, right? Yeah, I feel like yes. we're getting more from our content, more results, more. We content. should be, yes, yes. Well, then there's only three places to. One would be the messaging itself. So, okay. how good is is the actual content, the message, the value, what you're providing, right? That's okay. the first place I would look, okay. and I, I'm happy right. to take a look at your stuff and give you some feedback. That'd the second good. would be the delivery of that message. So how well do you know LinkedIn versus TikTok versus Instagram mm -hmm. versus YouTube shorts? Are you positioning the content in a way that it could be like, oh man, it was such a great conversation. We had an hour long podcast. Cool. But if you didn't chop that up the right way and deliver it the right way to the LinkedIn audience, to the TikTok mm -hmm. audience, it could mm -hmm. fall flat. It doesn't mean the content's bad necessarily. It means the way it was delivered is not wow. the right I way. I think that's a problem. Yep. Context mm -hmm. for the platform, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the third thing would be consistency, which it sounds like you guys have. And that's yeah, great. that part like, we're doing that part yeah, we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Number three, exactly. number three, we got down, I think. Yeah. So yeah. if I looked at your content right now, right, if I pulled it up right now, I'd probably be looking at them. How good is the message? Yes. Is it really valuable? And who's your audience? You know, are you even speaking to yeah. them? Truly? Yeah. How good yeah. is that? And then the videos, because if the content's not performing and you keep just putting more content out, what that does is it leads to extreme burnout and then people end up quitting. Oh, yeah, because absolutely. Yes. It just gets frustrating at a certain yes. point. You're like, man, yes. we're putting all this effort. We're spending money, resources, time, energy, yes. and we're not yes. getting really much out of it. Why would we continue to do this? And if you've, you've seen people at the gym where they're like out of shape and they go almost every day and I'd walk in and I'd, you know, I'd spend 30 minutes in the gym back. And I do high intensity stuff. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm eating the right things. I leave after 30 minutes. Those people are still in there for another 30 minutes. And they were in there before I got there. And it's like, why aren't they losing weight and getting in shape? Because they're not doing the right things in the gym. Mm, good because they're not doing the right things outside of the gym, right? Mm, so if you're in the gym mm, and you're doing mm, these mm, things, mm, and this mm. is your rhythm, and you're not really pushing yourself, and you're kind of having, you know, <laughs> you're not going to do it, right? So you uh, want to spend, the goal with social media content is you want to spend less time doing it, and you want to maximize your results. Because mm. you've got right now, Steve, like you've got things that a lot of the social media influencers wish that they had, which is a legitimate business. Yeah. And oh, so it's gotcha, funny gotcha. how like a lot, I see a lot of legitimate businesses look at like the influencers and the virality and they're like, <laughs> oh, we, we want that. We want to be viral. <laughs> like, so guys, true. You have what those people yeah, that's a good don't point. have, which is a legitimate freaking business. Uh, good point. And good yeah. customers. Yeah. What yeah. you guys want to be focused on is not going viral every single post or like being mm. a social media influencer overnight. Mm. You want to focus. How do you put together something so good that serves your key customers and community and audience that when you put it in front of them, they become raving fans and advocates and they take your content and they show it to VPs and yeah. CEOs and hiring managers. And they go, check out what Steve and his team just put out. Why aren't we doing this right now? Hey, they just put out something on hiring for 2023. We need to add this to our meeting. So when your content becomes the internal content for your customer, Mm. Meaning they're, they're consuming it behind the scenes and then they're, and it shows Good up one. in the comment section too, right? They'll Good tag, Good I get tagged all the time where they're like, 
oh, Al, or oh, Steve, check out John's post or check out mm, Alex's mm, video on this, mm, this, and this, mm, right? Mm. They start tagging and, and sharing your stuff with other executives and people at the company. That's when you know your content is really hitting. So I Alex, think it's great. Uh, yeah. You guys, I mean, you guys have so much going for you that if you take that story of a two and a half million dollar company, which by the way, if you've never built a two and a half million dollar company or a million dollar company or a six figure company, you don't realize how challenging and how much work goes into that. That's a big freaking deal. So yeah. the question is, like, there's a lot of knowledge in there. There's a lot of skills in there. Yes. There's a lot of yes. stories in there. And it's like, how do you take that and package that up in a way that really speaks to the, the core customers that you're trying to attract? Just mm. build a freaking hardcore community around it, right? I'm so Alex. I'm sold. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have a call offline so we can do some business together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's your What's your um, What's your plan? Are you just having fun building it? Or have you whiteboarded out? Hey, when I get to here, I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna buy another company. I mean, are you even thinking about that stuff? Or right now, you're just having fun growing it. Where, where are you at? I am, you know, like next year, our goal is to get to a million, you know, in revenue. And so okay. um, we're going to do it. We're going to freaking okay. do it. Right. Great. Um, but I also, so for me with this business, I am having fun. I love working with my team. I yeah. don't have any like short term aspirations to to sell the company or do anything like okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. I love it. We're in a good spot now. Our services after a couple of years are finally like really dialed into what our That's customer great. needs. Yeah, yeah. It's really on point. And, um, and so I let this go and, and keep, I could foresee definitely some companies coming in and go, can we just buy the, what you have in place, your videos, the SOPs, the strategies, yeah. your people, the team, your customer base. And it could be a big marketing company that's doing 20, 30, 50 million a year, but they're like, we don't have any video presence, right? Because most yeah. marketing companies, they're marketing companies, but they're operating from five to 10 to 15 years ago, where all they know is Google and SEO and our customers don't buy that way. You're right. No, you're right. You're totally right. Social. And so it's totally different, right? We've got that part down. So I could see a company coming in and being like, we're going to acquire you for a few million and, and add that video uh, repertoire to our base, right? Mm -hmm. But I also, um, Steve, started another company, co-founded another company that is a company. So it's uh, software. Oh. Yeah. What, so what's, that, what's that? Yeah. Hold on. My internet jammed up on me. What's the name of the company on that again? So, well, our our the name of the company is Creative Holdings, but... We, I can't say the name of the actual company that you'll know it by and that LinkedIn and everyone else will know it by because the name that we're going to release is the product name. And okay. so okay. It, it's hush hush right now because we're in okay. building mode and we're in the process of developing an app and that kind of stuff. And what's it going to do? So it, long story short, it's a video sales tool um, that is made for LinkedIn first and then everywhere else. Mm. So uh, what I talked about earlier, imagine that that whole process. Imagine that being a lot easier, a lot more effective, and a lot better results. Our app is going to help. Okay. 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 Very good. Um, I just had a guy on the podcast that has a tool like that. Have you heard of <clears> – I don't want to mention your competitors. I don't mean to bring up competitors. And maybe this is not a competitor, but – There's you heard no of, Okay. Okay. Have you heard of Pitch 59? No. Okay. Anyway, it's kind of a video sales so, and referral tool, but yeah, I don't. It's probably not what you're building. The, well, and here's the thing: so there's a lot of companies like Vidyard and Loom. Yes, Vidyard. So yes, yes. The yes. problem is with those tools is like one, you got to click a link and go off, so people have to people don't trust yeah, that. Yeah. And two, it looks very salesy. And then three, there's no strategy. Like how would how would you if you gave Loom or, or Vidyard or something like that, and you gave it to a company said go use video, they'd be like, I don't know what the fuck to say or what. To say. <laughs> So like our solution is is one of there's nothing else like it. I wish okay. I, I as soon as I can talk more about it, I'm so right. excited about it. But we're in. A well, maybe of maybe by the time we launch this, uh, Scott, my partner, yeah. can put it can put it in the content of the launch. <laughs> um, all right, very good. Who's we? Is it uh, you and some a friend or who's who's the, who are you partnering with on this? Yeah, you have a guy named Pete. He's in uh, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. And okay. um, he's somebody I've known for the last couple of years, met on LinkedIn, okay. we're friends of friends, that kind of stuff. Great, and great. We hung out a few times in person, but yeah, good dude. He's built other businesses before. He brings with, you know, expertise that I don't have. And then I bring with the video and the marketing stuff that, you know, is complement to what he does. So you guys will be 50-50 on that. Do you still own yep. 100% of, of impacts or have you, yeah. uh, okay. yeah, you haven't taken... You haven't taken on any cash or taken on... Nope. I got offers, you know, last year and I'm glad that I didn't take anything because I was like... 
there was a couple people that approached me to invest some money. And I just, I, I just said, look, I appreciate the offer, but I think right now I'm in a position where I don't necessarily need, I didn't think 50, hundred, whatever it was. I didn't think it would, it would, it, I would need that to, to grow the business to the next level. And thankfully uh, I didn't because now we make that money up in a month or two. That's so it's so like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad that we, we did this thing organically. Isn't it a wonderful feeling to build something that provides payroll to other families to yes. pay their mortgages and cars? And you're, 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 you're a productive member of the economic system, right? You, you're, you created yes. something that's generating revenue, paying families, paying bills. That's a special thing, right? Yes. It really, it yeah. really, really good, man. Really, yeah. really good. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. And hey, you're, if you weren't busy enough, you're going to start something else, which I think is great. Uh, before we go, do you want to drop a quick rap on us? You want to give me a couple of lines? Give me, give me something. Give me something. <laughs> yeah, give me. No, no, I mean, no. I'm good, man. Yeah. Well, you got a post. You got a post on LinkedIn. It says the rapping CEO. Is that uh, if oh, I click yeah, on? Yeah. If I click well, on, I, would, I, I do freestyle from time to time. You know, but I, would, like, I prefer having a beat and that kind of stuff. Getting into all right, it. All right, all right. But um, but I do <laughs> love, I do love you know unleashing my creative as we call it, and I you like know, it incorporating music and edutainment you know one of the big thing that's going to happen you know recession all that stuff people are talking about everything that's going on the next you know next year they're projecting things to happen with the market of course right yeah and you know one of the things that happens during a recession is people consume more content and they want to you know they're they're more at home on their phones and they open up social media apps so they're they're consuming more than they ever have so it's actually the yeah. best time to be putting out content and really build a brand but the other thing is people want to laugh. They want to be entertained. They want to they smile. Do. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of crazy. And so that's why I think my content hit really well during the middle of the pandemic in 2020 is people are like, man, they, they may have lost their jobs or their company was doing, you know, not sure what they were mm -hmm. going to do. They had a down a couple months, but they'd see my videos of me thing or rapping or doing something kind of cool on camera. And there was a good message behind it, but it was also just making people smile, laugh, and, and yes. people really appreciate that. Yeah. If you by the way, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're out there making these dry, boring, old school, <laughs> you know, business videos, nobody's watching that. Nobody's watching that. So yeah. No. <clears throat> Alex, um, congratulations, man, on everything. Uh, happy for you. Love the entrepreneurial spirit. Your energy is contagious. I'm sure you've been told that a million times. Love it. Love your passion and your energy. Impacts paxs.com for all of the listeners. Appreciate you sharing your story on the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, brother.